Uh, whitey tighties and aviator glasses in the men's room. Cheers. My official score was an F+. Plus. Too much ass crack from him. I mean, way too much. Oh, wait a minute. Is that Crystal Skull? Oh, shit. He was in Crystal Skull? Oh, poor guy. Oh, he was monkey number three on the left. I take all of the chair squeaks out of this fucking show every week. Oh, you had me at uh, Cult Farm. Cult Farm sold. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Movie Freaks Podcast, the death metal of movie talk shows. I'm your host, Eugene Weaver. <laughs> and I'm Eric Marner. <laughs> Satan, how you doing? Oh, good. 666 <laughs> pentagram. <laughs> Squirrels lodged in vans. Yeah, that, that's what led to that intro. Squirrels lodged in the front of a van, yeah. hence death metal intro. That was, that was one of the weirder things I've seen this week. Yeah, but just for some week. reason I'm like, there, there should have been death metal to go along with that whole scenario. And, if only. Yeah. Yes, for those that don't know, I was driving down the road and uh, a car was going the other way and it had a squirrel lodged in the grill. And like on its back. You know what I mean? Oh, it's so great. It's so bizarro and random. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I was a huh? Only a minivan, I guess. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, how uh, are we doing this evening, sir? Good, good. Just got back from work and uh busy night, and I poured myself a drink of the sponsor of tonight's show, Canadian Hunter. Oh, I don't I don't think that's the official sponsor. That's our usual sponsor. Yeah. Uh, tonight we have a very special, special guest mm. on this show. Oh, so that's going to be some good stuff. I'm guessing if it's in a smaller glass. Um, what what, what am I holding up right now? What are you seeing? Describe it for I, our audience. I, I see a um, a short glass with ice cubes and um, it's a and it's a glass glass. With ice cubes, yes, it is. Which I don't usually do for our show because... Oh, is it? You were telling me... Was that that specialty thing that you were telling me about that the, the neighborhood was going to get you a bottle of? Uh, no. Okay. I went to a bachelor party and in order to entice me over, they bought a bottle of 12-year-old Glenlivet. And Ooh. that is what I am drinking. At least wow. one glass of tonight. And then it's right back to can- can- Canada House. <laughs> oh, Canada House. Okay. Canada House, yeah. Had to change it up because I had to go to the local place down the street, and they don't have Canadian Hunter, of course. Uh, but yeah, Canada that was li- fine. That, that was like last week, and that's pretty much done. And then I, I'm right back on Canadian Hunter. Yeah, nice. So, how long is the 12 year old bottle going to last? Are you going to nurse? Well, I didn't that have thing? the whole bottle. I just oh, I, I gotcha. She wanted me to fill up the flask and take on the bachelor party, and then nobody likes scotch but me. So I was like jackpot, and her. That's why she bought it as an excuse. Oh, gotcha. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, anyway, I still had a glass or two left in my flask, I was like, I'm taking this home so that for once on the podcast, I can be drinking something different and good. Yep. Nice. Mmm. Well, mm. cheers to that. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. Man, do we drink some garbage compared to that. Wow. Oh, uh, yes. Yes, we do. And Canadian <laughs> Hunter is, it's good, but it's, it's bottom shelf good. It's what it is, but I've got yeah. you addicted to it now. I oh, yeah, it's it. for the money. It's. I walked in there, I'm like, should I get a 16 or $17 bottle, dollar bottle of something kind of good? 
Or a $14 bottle of Canadian Hunter. Canadian Hunter it is. It's just too smooth to pass up. Unless you want to go for something good that you only drink on the rocks. Because this is just rocks sipping stuff right here. Yeah, it is. Mm. Oh, that is so delicious. Okay, Mm. enough of that. Let's get on to the roulette where we force each other to watch movies. And oh, was there some forcing this last week. Mm -hmm. Uh, In the hopes of finding those gems in the rough. Since Netflix has been in a drought, we've been checking out all of the uh, joys of YouTube, and last episode we picked a nymphoid barbarian in dinosaur hell up against cheerleader camp, and it's my turn to go first. So let me go to my notes here for a nymphoid barbarian in dinosaur hell, a trauma production synopsis. I wrote, who cares? And that is all of the notes that I have for this movie. (laughs) Yeah, okay, uh, let's, let's get on with the positives first off, because there are a few. It, the, they do, for the dinosaurs, they do, if you're familiar with Troma, it is just the lowest of independent filmmaking, and I don't mean lowest as in lowest quality, though it is that as well, but also lowest budgets and acting and everything. They generally are just gore and nudity fests, and, uh, what this, the charm that this thing had going for it was the dinosaurs, which were, went back and forth from stop, mo- giant stop motion puppet things to giant real puppets that looked kind of hilarious. Like one snake thing comes out of the ground and is slowly bumping a guy while he slowly flails <laughs> a little bit. And... Oh, oh, perfect. So that stuff was awesome. Okay, let's get to the negatives. <laughs> For a trauma film, this was very goreless and no nudity or nothing. And those are usually the things where it's like, oh, it's kind of worth watching because that was funny. But yeah, there was one little tiny topless scene. I don't know why she's a nymphoid. Damn it, I was going to have the opening voiceover recorded and I was going to play it for you. But she starts off by saying, ah, the the war, a nuclear war started and it lasted only a day. And then everybody was thrust back into barbarian times and... Oh, these men keep coming after me, and uh, my juices start flowing. She literally says that. And uh, I don't know why, because there's no sex in this movie at all. So I'm anytime that people try and rape her, I was like, oh, is she going to get into it with the barbarians? No, there's been nothing. Not that I was disappointed by that, because it's weird and rapey, but... But it's trauma. It's a trauma movie. It's trauma. It just nothing makes sense. I'm here. I am looking for logic in a trauma movie. Anyway... The dinosaur stuff all happened in the first 10 or 15 minutes and the last 10 or 15 minutes. And what was sandwiched in between that bun? Of... The middle hour was, let's just, hey guys, you guys want to go camping? I got some barbarian rags and we'll just wander around the woods and randomly fight each other. That was the middle <laughs> hour of this movie. And it was <laughs> intolerable to try and get through. Uh, Perfect. Just intolerable. <laughs> I mean, there was a couple of stabbings here and there, but. Even those weren't gross. And there's something about mutants, I think. And it's it was awful. Just awful. I, I would have even given it more props if it had been, like, usual trauma gore and stuff. But yeah, there was, yeah. it was nothing. It was nothing. Yeah, I mean, you, you, I, I, I even texted you when I started. I was like, oh, this is going to be... We should almost do a commentary on this track. Nope, because we'd have nothing to talk about for an hour. Just wandering around the woods and occasionally people fight and then... All of the stop motion dinosaurs and all the dinosaurs and stuff is in the last first ten and last ten. Oh, that's it. Oh, okay. Well, over to that, you. 
That saved me a viewing. Oh, no, I like... I, go ahead and watch it and let me know what you think, because you're the mm. trauma guy, I'm not. Maybe you'll yeah. love it? <laughs> I doubt it, but... Mm. Okay, for me, Cheerleader Camp, uh, yet another in the long list of 80s slasher movies that I hadn't seen, and um, I'm happy to say that I... Pretty much enjoyed this one. In fact, looking through the through roulettes I've had in 2017, this is up there, and this is a piece of trash. But this is this is up there. Um, the first 45 minutes or almost hour is literally this could have been a one of those 80s slob sex comedy summer camp things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then they're like, oh, whoa, we need to tack on a killer because it's a horror movie, I guess. Let's tack on a killer. And then we get some decent gory kill stuff in the end. And then it ends ab- very abruptly. Like, wait, what? That was, okay, what? Why? What? Okay. I'm in. Cheerleader uh, camp. Cheerleader camp. Uh, but it, it's a group of cheerleaders go to a camp and then after our, a bunch of sex shenanigans, uh, then the, some of them get killed, and then there's the killer, and then it ends. The, the end. And I'm like, all right, that's pretty good. Well, they had to throw the killer in there, because otherwise they were just purely a Skinamax joint. Yeah, you know, yes, you gotta, yeah, yeah. You gotta appeal to that secondary uh, subgenre of audience. Yeah. But, it, uh, but and I, I go back to this so often, but I can I can just see, at some point, one of these, one of these Blu-ray labels is going to get it, and remaster it, and it make it look really good, and it's going to probably get pretty good marks for, for in the in the horror community as this weird little slasher gem. And it kind of it actually kind of is. And there was an actress in this, and I'm like, man, she looks so familiar. Like I one should've... there was just one actress in this. The others, yeah, eh. yeah, yeah, the others I've never seen. But there was one that I'm like, I, and it was her eyes. I'm like, she almost has a little bit of cross-eyed going on. I'm like, I should know who that is. So I clicked on her name, Betsy Russell. I'm like, she was the wife in the Saw movies, the 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 killer, his wife. She's I, in I never got past part three, I think, so I don't know oh, if we she, got to a wife. Yeah, but but and she's been in some other, like she's been in a nice amount of movies. But I'm like, that's her. So she was she was uh the main the main girl in the cheerleader camp. But yeah. Right. Anyway, so it, but it, um, it has the, the, all of the, the, the cast, you can pick them all out, which, you know, what they do as far as, oh, here's the, the slob guy that we see this, there's this slob in the movie and we see way too much ass crack from him. I mean, way <laughs> too much. Um, uh, it's gross. Um, Oh, and one time his his ass crack gets stuck in the uh, in a van. He, he's mooning people, and his crack gets stuck in the window. And then one of the one of the counsel, like the women counselors, like pushes his. Ah, I was like, what? Just random randomness. And anyway, yeah. So there's lots of standing around talking, and then cheap sleep or cheerleader camp. Sorry, I almost yeah. said sleepaway camp. <laughs> oh, sleepaway camp is like Oscar caliber. Entertainment compared to this, but uh, you know me. Yeah, bring it on. <laughs> bring it on. Yep, it's another one that I'm like, oh, I'll probably watch that one again sometime. I, <laughs> uh, yes, the squeaky chair is working the night. Damn it. Okay. Anything else for cheerleader camp? You ready to move on to the next round? Yep. yep. Let's let's do this. 
Okay, pitching your way. Hangar A... I, I, oh, yes. And here was my slight bit of vengeance. Since you threw me all trauma movies, I was like, okay, well, you get nothing but uh, 80s science fiction dodginess, so good <laughs> luck with that, because that's, you know, that's something I probably am more likely to enjoy. Here you go. And I found three movies I'd never heard of. Starting with 1980, Hangar 18 involves a UFO cover-up following an incident aboard a space shuttle. Uh, th this synopsis blows, but the orbiter is launching a satellite which collides with a nearby unidentified object. The collision kills an astronaut in the launch bay and is witnessed by astronauts and blah 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 stuff happens. Next up from 1982, Android. A strange doctor secretly experiments with androids on his space station. His assistant is Max, a curious android who wants to see the world and meet a girl. Uh, criminals Maggie and two others hide on the, their station and soon violence erupts. Wavelength from 1983. Two young lovers learn that a small group of childlike space aliens are marooned on Earth and are being held prisoner at a top-secret military facility. There you go. All right. Okay, and... For you, I found uh, the first one called a movie called Blood Sisters from 1987. Seven girls must spend the night in an old house, which once was a brothel as part of an initiation. And uh, the cover, at least, it looks uh, horror-ish. And, and there, I'm looking at the cover here, and I see Joe Bob Briggs presents or something like that. So there's that. Mm. Um, yay! Oh, I know uh, what that means. That. that gives a direct correlation to quality right there. Oh, it does. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> you do know who... Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not, I wasn't joking. I know who okay. he is. And we could, we could slide him into our grading scale between uh, of, uh, Asylum, <laughs> Mystery Science Theater, Bad, Sci-Fi Channel, yada, yada. Trauma. He's, tra tra yeah. Trauma. He's, he's somewhere there in the middle. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, next up is a movie that I've wanted to watch for years back. I remember looking at this uh, when I was a kid on VHS, like a big clamshell thing at the VHS store. Like, I want to see this, I want to see this, and I forgot about it until I it, I found it online, and it's a movie called Spasms from 1983, starring Peter Fonda and Oliver Reed. Oh, wow. A yeah, a gigantic serpent is captured on a remote island and shipped to an American college for experimentation. A British millionaire and an American scientist find themselves in hot pursuit of the beast while it escapes... When it escapes from captivity and starts to kill innocent people. So, there's spasms. And last but not least, oh boy, this one here. Uh, another one that I've been wanting to uh, watch for a long time uh, is a movie that I guess is, well, yeah. Uh, 1977's Fight for Your Life. And I guess this one here is very, very, very trashy. Uh, Blue Underground actually put this one here out. Uh, a mean, trashy exploitation picture about three convicts who escape from jail and hole up at the house of a black minister. There's a, uh, well, I don't want to say too much more about that other than, uh, it's basically a home invasion type thing. There you go. Okay. So. Well, I purposely didn't do any research on the films that you presented me just because I'm like, well, I'll let him sell them to me and see what I think and just go off of that. But Peter Fonda and a creature feature, that's pretty hard to pass up. So I will take spasms. Okay. And for you. And, um, and for me, um, I, I gotta say that the, all three of those sound, I'm kind of on that old school made for TV kick. So I'm like, all three of those sounded kind of interesting. Hangar 18, however, I actually got to see a tiny 
little bit of that when I was a kid. I remember this. Um, and then it was way too scary, quote unquote, and my mom and dad made me turn it off. So, but I, I distinctly remember I tried to watch that and it didn't get more than a couple minutes in. So Hangar 18, we're going to revisit that one and I'll watch the whole thing and see, was it worth my parents turning it off or not? Uh, from 1980, I would say definitely not. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But so I would have been I would have been six years old because I'm guessing it's a TV movie. Or... I am guessing because Hangar 18 does not have an IMDb page. <laughs> wow. So yeah, good Yay. luck with that one. <laughs> I can't wait. I hope it's as horrible as Nymphoid Barbarians: Dinosaur Hill. Uh, it's weird that uh, that that Cheerleader Camp is actually like when it was done. I'm like, huh. Eh, all right. Yeah, it was pretty crappy in the best thing I've watched on roulette this year so far. <laughs> Ouch. Well, my official score for my roulette was an F+. plus. So hmm. take that as you will. Was that the worst thing you've seen so far? <laughs> I'd have to go back and look at the roulettes from this year. Because we've watched some shit. Man. Uh, it, was, it wasn't. It was just boring. Especially, I mean, the first bit, I was like, oh, all right, keep it going. And, you know, she's a nymphoid, so this thing's going to be chock full of nudity and sex. None. Uh, and then just nothing, nothing. And it very quickly was like, okay, I'm reading a comic book because this is boring. It's on in the background. <laughs> oh yeah. But I'll give you the plus for some practical special effects. Okay. Okay. Next episode will be spasms up against hangar 18. As we continue down this weird rabbit trail of eighties, YouTube roulettes. Yep. And with that, you want to move to the rabbit trail, huh? Let's go for it. Finally. Yes. Everybody's like, finally, a break from the garbage you guys watch. We can mm -hmm. talk about some bullshit. And I guess I'm up first. I'm bringing a new thing to the rabbit trail this week. And I don't know what I'm calling this game, but I need you to get on your phone or computer or whatever, and I need you to bring up a Google image search. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Here's okay. the way we play this game. I, I specifically want Google image. I don't want IMDb. Okay. And I'm going to give you an actor that you might not necessarily associate uh, with the, his, what he looks like, but as soon as you see him, you will know. And here's the question. The first movie I think of when I mention blank. Okay? okay. Uh, and we'll just see where it goes from there. Okay. The first film that I think of when I say Stephen Toblowski. Now I'm supposed to type in his name, right? Yes, I'm, I assume you don't know who that is. No. Okay, it... and neither would I have until I saw his picture. And it was like, oh, I associate him with movie. Stephen, okay. do you need me to spell it? Uh, yes, I do. Stephen, T-O-B-L-O-W-S-K-Y, I think. Toblowski. There it is. Okay. <clears throat> um. Oh man, and I'm looking, and I'm like, I recognize him. I've seen him in movies, but what I've seen him in, I don't. Oh man, um, that's okay. If you can't think of something just off the cuff, then then go to IMDb and figure it out. Yeah, I literally, I, okay, so I'm gonna have, uh, IMDB up on another page, cause yeah, I, I definitely 
recognize him, but I, from a movie, I'm not sure. Um, and if you go to IMDb or whatever and you look at his credits, pick out the one that you most... Oh, I just thought of another one. Wow, that's great. I don't really want to mention anything because I don't want to put it in your head. Because I tried this on myself, like, okay, what happens when I go look at his IMDb? Because I automatically associate him with one movie. But if I go to IMDb, yeah. then I was like, oh, he was in that, and he was in that, and he was in that. Then it started skewing my perspective. Yeah. 253 acting credits. Oh, man. Oh, he's so a this... monster of a character actor. Um, jeez. Um, he's been in a bunch of stuff. Uh, I'm guessing that you recognize him from something a little bit older? Uh, yeah. A bit, yeah. Wow. I mean, and there's a lot of them that I've seen, but none that, that like pop out like, oh, that guy. Like, National Security. He was in that. Um, National uh, Security? Yeah. Um, I don't even know what that is. National Security? Um, I think I saw that, didn't I? Didn't we? Or did, um, I don't know. I don't even know what it is. Is that a Martin Memento? Lawrence comedy movie? Yes, it is. Oh. Yes, it is. I've never seen that. <laughs> <laughs> Memento. He was in Memento. He was. I don't remember yeah. that. Hmm. The in, the insider. Um, well, man, while you, you, while you're looking and for the okay. one that pops out the most to you, I'll tell you about mine. For okay. me, it is sneakers with oh, Robert okay. Robert Redford and River Phoenix, and he okay. is the dorky uh, guy that works at the place they're trying to infiltrate that they set it up so that the girl can go on a computer date with him to find out this information and record his voice and to get through the voice pattern, uh, whatever to get in and infiltrate and steal some crap. For some reason, uh, every time I see him, I'm like, Oh, sneakers. That's because I saw that in the theater for like my 13th birthday, I think. And it was like kind of a big deal because I love that movie. Yeah. And I think it's highly underrated. The second one that I would recognize him, uh, that I just thought of is Groundhog Day. Ned! Ned Ryerson! They're right there. That's mine. Guaranteed that's mine. (laughs) Yep. I know who you're talking about. Okay. He has been in a ton of stuff. Wow. Yep. (laughs) And like seeing his face, I'm like, oh yeah, you look familiar. Yeah. (laughs) Memento, Thelma and Louise. Last thing he was in, well, yeah, he's, like, there's a bunch of stuff that hasn't even come out yet that he's been in. Yeah, and he, he has a podcast as well that I just started listening to. I can't speak to the quality yet because I've listened to 10 minutes. But uh, I, I just saw it pop up when I was searching for something else, and I was like, oh, that's his name. Nice. Okay, next. Made me think of that. You want another one? Yeah. Okay, this one's a little more mainstream, so it'll you should be able to get something to pop right into your head. But I thought he okay. had such a body of work, and... I'm embarrassed by the thing that pops into my head first with this one, but the first movie that I think of when I hear of John Voight. Oh, first, the, the first movie that pops into my head is uh, Runaway Train immediately. Runaway Train. Uh, That should be mine because it's one of the best movies he's ever made. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, immediately that's the first movie that pops into my head. How about you? (laughs) Um, well, what's it called? Damn it. They're remaking it right now. And I oh, don't know to, to, why. Tomb Raider? Yeah, Tomb Raider. I have no <laughs> idea why. Because he has such better things that he's been in. But for some reason, I automatically pop to that. And I, maybe it's because 
he's in that movie with his daughter playing his daughter. And so yeah. I felt like that scene was even watching the, the movie. I was like, Oh, this is kind of weird because they really are father and daughter. And that's probably why I think of it, but I don't know. It should be 15 different movies before that one. But for whatever reason, like John Voight, yeah. Yeah, Tomb Raider, he was a ghost <laughs> in that movie. <laughs> I, I, hey, for what it's worth, I liked the Tomb Raider movies back in the day, and yeah. Didn't John DeBont direct the second one? Jan DeBant? Jan DeBont? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. But the sec- second one wasn't as good. Yeah. So I'm curious to see, though, how this new one turns out. Okay, okay any, any actor you think of that you want to do this um, with? Or you, actually, just over to you, Rabbit Trail, whatever you want to do. Oh, I kind of like that. That's uh, that's fun. Um, I'll think of more names later. We it, It's kind of a thrown-together show today because it's been just chaos at work this week with uh, running the kids, and they're on um, spring break and all that jazz, so it just makes everything so much harder. Okay. Uh, okay, well, the the first one that comes to my my mind, and we've talked about this guy already, but uh, it, Peter Stormare. What's the first movie that you think of when you think of Peter Stormare? It. <laughs> the very first one that popped in my head was Bad Boys 2. The second one that popped into my head was Constantine. Yep, Constantine is the first one that pops into my head. Perfectly cast. Yeah. And then number two for me would be Bad Boys 2. And uh, it shouldn't be that. It shouldn't be that. <laughs> He's so great. <laughs> yeah, he is. We should do like an actor spotlight on him and just go down and rate his movies the way we do the director spotlights. We should. I, he is a great actor, by the way. He just oozes slime. He's such a slime bag. <laughs> okay, sticking with the Peters, what is the first film you think of when I say Peter Skarsgård? Uh, oh, Peter Skarsgård. That's the dad, right? That's not the son. Uh, it's it's not the dad. I don't think it's Peter's- the son either. I don't. I, it's uh, is that his father? Well, isn't the one the one guy was in the newest Tarzan movie, and then the other one um, that's was the one in the Thor, right? Their father's son. I'm not talking about either one of those people. Oh, 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 okay, okay, yep. Um, oh, Skarsgård. Um, I have to get a mental image of him. Um, well, Google image. There you go. Peter Scars. Oh, yes. Um, okay, now that the good stuff's gone, time to get some garbage. Peter Skarsgård, as soon as I see his face... Oh, there he is, yep. Ooh, he's another one that, uh, he just looks like kind of a slime ball. Oh, no, he's great in everything. He has fantastic range. He can do anything. Literally anything. He's been in a bunch of stuff, too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, boy, what's... I'm just looking at his picture on the Google thing. What's the first... Oh, man, um... What's the first one that I would think of with him? I mean, I can't believe I'm. I mean, the, I can't believe the first one that I'm thinking of, and he's got better movies than this. But is that Orphan movie? He was an orphan with the the, hor- the oh, horror movie. Yeah, he was the father. Oh, I, I haven't seen that one. You haven't seen Orphan? That's a good no. movie. For me, it's uh, Shattered Glass, and there's that film that I've been championing forever, uh, starring. Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> I've never seen that. Uh, that's one to watch with the wife. Great okay. film. I've probably watched it half a dozen times. That's one that and I, I kind of pull out every year. Like, I should watch that again. And it's 
just kind of a drama movie, but it's so good and it's so well made and the acting is great. And that is the one where I, I, I dangle that one out every time. Everybody's like Hayden Christensen is a terrible actor. And I go, watch this this movie. Yeah. And it's based on a true story. So it's, uh, if you can go watch the special features and then see the real guy talk about the stuff and you're like, Oh, he did a good job of portraying him. That's a really good movie. And I don't think it gets enough love and praise. That's a gem and a half for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've been championing that one for a long time. Yeah, and uh, Peter Skarsgård plays his uh, editor at the magazine in that movie, and he just—it's—it's it's a very common man kind of role, but he does a, a terrific job with it. It's just terrific. Anyway. Oh, I like this. Now I'm going to just throw a. Go ahead. Uh, you got another guy. Okay. Tom Noonan. Uh, House of the Devil, but that, then again, yeah. you're more... Uh, and second up would be Red Dragon. Ooh, Red... Okay. I was actually... Red Dragon's a great a great choice. Uh, the one Wait, movie... Red Dragon? Manhunter. I Manhunter. Manhunter. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Tom Noonan. Uh, I think... Like, for when I think of Tom Noonan, House of the Devil, number one. And for some reason, number two, even above... Uh, above... Yours, for some reason, I actually think of RoboCop 2. He's the really disgusting drug dealer guy that turns into a robot. Yeah. From his, um, but I just, Tom Noonan to me is, oh, that's the RoboCop 2 guy and House of the Devil. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, I totally know what you're talking about. He's another one that, uh, the older he gets, the more creepy he looks. He just looks like a saint. Oh, he was perfectly cast in House of the Devil, by the way. Yeah. Like, you seem intimidating to me. Like, I don't trust you as the minute he is on screen in House of the Devil, I'm like, you're so shady and, like, otherworldly shady. That is true, but that bleeds over for me from Manhunter, because he creeped me out so bad oh, in Manhunter. Yeah. He played that role so well with the, yes. oh, he's putting the pantyhose oh. over his head and, ugh, ick. It's great. <laughs> yep. Great movie. I, I adore Manhunter. Okay, sticking with, with, maybe we should play it like that. Okay, the next one has to be, you threw out a Peter, so I have to do a Peter. You threw out a Tom, so I'll throw out a Tom. The first Tom that came to my mind was, and with this one, I want your second pick, because we're both going to have the same first pick. Okay. Tom Skerritt. Tom Skerritt. Um, oh, man. Tom, Tom Skerritt. But you threw me for a loop there. I was waiting for you to say Tom Cruise. I'm like, nah. ah, Tom. <laughs> um, uh, I think I might have to go look to find a second pick because obviously the first one is. Oh, you don't even yeah. know. You know who Tom Scared is, right? Yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, for me, uh, I, because I, I adore the movie, it's Top Gun is the first thing that I think of. <laughs> Damn it, that's right. <laughs> Was it Top Gun that was the first one? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh Top that was Gun. not my first one. <laughs> I forgot right. he was in it. Top um, Gun. No, first for me was Alien. Yeah. Oh, oh man. <laughs> I can't believe I picked Top Gun over Alien. You I, did. I'm ashamed. You failed. This, this, this oh, is why I knew this game would be yes. fun. <laughs> Shirtless volleyball over classic science fiction horror. There you go. Now I got to try and find out what else he's been in. Top Gun. That's great. You know, another thing we could almost do is like because we've uh, the, the the first movie I thought of was Top Gun. Now I have to pick an actor from Top Gun. There and you go. Give you that actor. 
There you go. So okay, well, Vel- hold on. Well, hold on a sec. I got to come up with my second pick here. And if I have to go to IMDb, I'm starting at the bottom. Okay. Um, boy, a lot of TV, a lot of garbage. I know there's something else that I I I think of him with. After I got I I got a good one for Top Gun now. Okay, well, just hang on a sec. It might be Space Camp. <laughs> oh, really? Another yeah, one that I've be. never seen. I've never seen uh, Space Camp. That was one that I watched a couple of times growing up because I w- was so starved for science fiction. And you watch it and you're like, it's got some cool parts and it's kind of interesting. It's not that bad. I need That's one that's due for a rewatch because... My memory of it is probably far fa- uh, fonder than what the film actually is. No, that's not true. The second one would be Contact. David oh, Drummond. Oh, nice. Yep, that's a great choice. Yeah. Okay. That guy, he is a great actor, by the way. I really, really like Tom He Spirit. can play Especially... sleazy. Like, but yes, like he can. Clean sleazy? Yeah. Ugh. Okay. He was, okay, he was Viper in Top Gun, by the way. In case oh. anybody was curious, he was Viper, you see. Viper. Oh, and the the next one um, is Merlin from Top Gun, and that would be Tim Robbins. Tim Robbins, son of a, again. What's the first? Movie I want to go. With, I want to go with my second pick, but my very first pick was. I got to look up the title. I know which one mine is, and it. it yeah. Another, by the way, great actor. Yep. I forgot he was in Top Gun. Who would have thought Top Gun was so forgettable for me? Whitey tighties and aviator glasses in the men's room. Cheers. I'm just, I, I, already, I know what I'm going to say, but I got to, I got to look up the title here so I get it right. The second pick was the one that I really wish was my first. And that is uh, Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. That, that should have, the... that should have been my first, but it wasn't. The first for me was the Hudsucker proxy. What? Are you serious? I don't know why. You said, this is the yeah, game, no. dude. You say the name. That was the very first thing that popped yeah. in my head was him with that damn hula hoop. And yeah. the, <laughs> that movie is <laughs> underrated, by the way. That's a pretty funny movie. It's pretty good I've stuff. Never seen it. Never seen that one. You should check it out. It's good stuff. I mean, but, Shawshank for me was number one. Number two, right behind that was uh, Jacob's Ladder. Uh, next for me would be The Player. I love that movie. You never seen The Player? Nope. Oh, it's a good movie. You need to check I it know. out. You you would like that movie. That movie is that a that's, Robert that's, Altman movie. It is a Robert Altman movie. Okay. It also has awesome. a great all star cast. And I guess we'll be going with that as the next round of this game. Let's go down the list here. Tim Robbins, Fred Ward. You know who Fred Ward is, right? Oh yes. Whoopi Goldberg, Peter Gallagher, Brian James. You know who Brian James is. Oh, yes. Okay. Vincent D'Onofrio, Dean Stockwell, Richard E. Grant. Richard E. Grant, that's our winner. Who do you first, what movie do you first associate with Richard E. Grant? Because I got one, and most people hate this movie, and I think it's a masterpiece. (laughs) Richard E. Grant, I have to look up this guy. That's fine, but do it on Google Image first. Okay, Richard E. Grant, who is... Sidney Pollack is in this movie, Lyle Lovett. Jeremy Piven. Gina Gershon. I'm just going to cast. It's an unbelievable cast, but it's a, it's a movie about the film industry. So it, yeah. 
Richard wow. E. Grant. Every time I see him, uh, one movie pops to mind. Well, I actually have to go to IMDb because uh, honestly, like his. That's fine, but look... start at the bottom. Okay, he doesn't look that familiar to me. Um... Oh, he's been in so much shit. Okay, so I'm at the very wow. He's been in a lot. Uh, so '83 was his first movie or well, TV show. With it, with Nail and I was his first movie. Um, oh, Warlock. He was in Warlock. Nice. I like he was, that. He was the hunter. Oh, d- okay. There you go. Now I know. Oh, he was in Hudson Hawk too. Awesome. Hudson, Hudson Hawk. Hawk would be my first pick. I, every time I see him, he, him and his crazy sister uh, were the villains of that movie. I haven't uh, seen that since the VHS days. I adore Hudson Hawk, and everybody that hates it can just kiss my ass. I hey, I watched was, it once, and I thought it was good. I remember liking it back when I saw it. It is so weird and off-kilter, but it's right in that Bruce Willis uh, moonlighting kind of phase yep. where he's being more of a comedian. Frank Stallone pops up. It uh, it has yep. everything you want in a B-movie. It's great. Hey, and going off of Hudson Hawk, here's here's your here's your pick. David Caruso. Go. Okay, I I have the movie in mind, but I I might have to look it up what what movie it is. It was a 90s thriller movie. Ooh, I want to say I want to say that Denzel Washington was in it with him. Oh, not the same one I'm thinking of. And there was um, something about a carnival and a tower. I might be thinking of, I might, I might be wrong. Let me go look at his IMDb. Cause that's the first thing that pops into my head every time with Caruso. For me, Caruso is, uh, session nine. That's the first movie that pops into my head. Oh my lord, I completely forgot he was in that. Yep. A pretty prominent role too. He was, he was Phil in that. Maybe there's just too much of us using the internet for this bit, but I don't know. It's fun. Oh, this is fun, yeah. Was it Jade? Is that the one you're talking about? I don't remember no. him being... No, it's not Jade. He was Denzel in, Washington. He was in First Blood, for crying out loud. Yes, he was. He was, I, And I remember him, too. He was one of the the weekend warrior-type guys. Or the, one of the cops, I think. One of the cops in the PlayStation. Mm-hmm. He was out in the woods looking for him, too. Yeah. King of New York. Abel Ferrero, there you go. Kiss of Death. It wasn't, uh, and I don't even know if I've seen this movie. I just always remember the cover of it, and it was one that I wanted to see. It's Samuel, is it Samuel? It's Nicolas Cage and Samuel L. Jackson. Just another uh, throwaway 90s thriller thing. Yeah. But he was super hot at that point. Because of, what was it, NYPD Blue? Yeah. Let's see if there's anything else here. Nope, that's the one. <laughs> I don't know. I Seriously, I don't even think I've seen that movie. <laughs> uh, Session 9, it's probably because I love Session 9 so much, but I just I associate Caruso with that, yeah. with him. And I, do, I definitely remember him from Hudson Hawk, but he's not the first thing that I snapped to. He was always eating. Yeah. Good Lord. You just about gave me a freaking heart attack. <sighs> Come here. Uh, are we on pause? No, no, we're not on pause. This is going to keep rolling. Give no. me a handful. I'm standing there for like five minutes. Yeah. 
Addie's standing outside the window of my office going, can I have salt and vinegar <laughs> chips? Just like a zombie. Gave me a freaking heart attack. Now I need some salt and vinegar chips. Which is perfect for the booze. Mmm. Good S&V. So, so with David... I say bad words. So are we going off of session nine then, or what are we going oh, off of on. here? Let me write down Caruso here. That's a pretty fun little bit here. Yeah. Listeners, I hope you like this. Yeah, hopefully. Did you have something you want to jump to, or you want to keep going with this? Let's keep going with this just a little bit more. This is fun. Okay, so you threw out Caruso. So I have to throw out something from... From what? From session nine? Because there's not really well, anybody else in that. Or, I mean, if you want to go with uh, one of... I mean, with what you thought of. Mm, okay. I'll go with Jade. Because okay. I just wa- I just watched and reviewed that, like, within the last six months or so. Linda... How do you say her name? Fiorentino. Okay. That's who I'm going um, with. She's got dark hair, if I'm mm-hmm. remembering. She's been in a bunch of stuff? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, let me... Th- um, uh, um, boy, you pick some pretty obscure... Not I don't want to say obscure actors, but... I'm trying to. That's what makes it more interesting. If you get one I know. you can pop to. Um, I'm going to have to go to IMDb. That's fine. Okay. Um... I will pick... I'm just scrolling up through here. Wow, okay. She was in Men in Black. That's and usually the first one I pop to, but Dogma yeah. is the main one. Dogma, yep. Well, Men in Black was the one that I would... I, I, I know I remember her from that one. So, Men in Black it is. Well, she hasn't been in a lot lately. Mm-mm. That Liberty Stands Still, I watched that movie, 2002. That wasn't bad. It wasn't great, but it, it was a take a similar kind of idea as a phone booth. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah, as I recall. Well, let me see here. Yeah, just, I mean, I guess she was just held hostage, but it was a similar kind of concept. From what I remember. Okay. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a little bit bigger actor now. And just see what the first movie is, because I know which one pops into my head as soon as I think of this actor. Uh, that is, and, and I'm going off of Men in Black here, uh, that is Vincent D'Onofrio. The Cell was number one. And then the, the Cell second, was the... F- well, you hate, you said it was yeah, the first thing that yeah. popped in my head. The Cell and then uh, the Stanley Kubrick. Like, yeah, Full Metal Jacket, and that's the first one I think. Actually, Full Metal Jacket's my number one, and number two is the, uh, uh, oh, the, the one where he doesn't have a nose. It's such a great movie. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, you got me to watch that years ago, and it's so good. And the it's Sultan so... Sea. Yes, that's the movie number two, is Sultan Sea. Mm-hmm. He was such a, oh. You know who else was in that movie? That was Val Kilmer. Peter Stormare. No, uh, Peter Skarsgård. We've gone. Oh, he full, was. We, we've gone almost full circle. We have literally gone full circle here, <laughs> and that is where we close out the thing. Yep, I we, like that. We do this until we we come around. Yep, that's kind of the Kevin Bacon game right there. Kinda in a weird, yeah. crooked, wrong, terrible movie way. Movie freaks sort of way. Yeah, <laughs> movie freaks kind of way. <laughs> Excellent. Wow, yeah, he, he was great in that movie too. Remember, he was his uh, Val Kilmer's friend. 
who is like kind of dumb and still hooked on math and whatever. But uh, yeah, he 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 was asking about JFK, and he then Val Kilmer was telling him who JFK was, and he goes, "Hey, thanks for not laughing at me." And it was one of the most heartbreaking and heartwarming moments simultaneously in that movie. Oh, that movie was so good. It's great. So good. Another gem in the rough. Talking yeah, about a lot of gems is. tonight. <laughs> wow. Okay. okay. That's what I brought to Rabbit Trail. We have plenty of time. Do you want to go on to Recently Watched, or do you want to do you have something for Rabbit Trail you want to bring? Or what well, you want to do? let's let's quick talk about uh, you texted me today earlier, which I was completely surprised by uh, by your. Did you hear who's maybe cast in this, or, or who's a who they're looking to direct uh, this big movie? I'm like, what? Are you really? Oh yeah, I thought oh, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know what you're talking about for a sec. Yeah. So you you were the one that brought it up. So go ahead. Okay. Uh, yeah. So the big news today in the uh, movie news is that Warner Brothers has found their person to uh, follow along now, children. Right produce and direct a Batgirl film. And that is the one and only Joss Whedon. And this move makes all of the sense in the world for all parties involved. As far as I'm concerned, I I see nothing here that can be possibly negative except for one thing. Oh, excuse me. But before we get into that, I guess I should back up and give my thoughts on this fully, but, uh, yeah, I mean, if for those of you that aren't comic book dorks and don't follow all this shit online, uh, when uh, Avengers: Age of Ultron came out and was getting some, I don't, I don't even want to say mixed reviews, but it was get, had a couple of reviews where people were like, "This is not as good as the first one." So some some mild thumbs downs in there, and part of the and then to address it, Whedon came out and was was kind of. Uh, again, I'm prone to hyperbole, so I don't want to be like, he was trashing Marvel Studios! He wasn't doing that, but he was saying, like, it's kind of hard to make a movie in this system, or the people are forcing you to do some things, and he was forced to put a few scenes back in that movie, or in that movie that he didn't want in there, that, quite frankly, didn't make a lick of sense, but they were made to connect other films of the MCU. Yeah. Such as the weird Thor in the water yep. scene and That's stuff the like that. First thing I think of, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, he was pretty well shot and done on Marvel Universe stuff. Although he came out later and said he would love to direct Captain Marvel or a Black Widow film. Now, put a pin in that concept for a minute. Marvel has also been in the in had some, several news stories because of their refusal to uh, put out merchandise for of the female characters like there's no girl action figures of black widow there's no nothing and that was basically because of one really sexist guy who was running the whole show that's my take on it yeah put a pin in that concept joss whedon especially on twitter and elsewhere is an outspoken i shouldn't call him a feminist but he's very outspoken about his feminist ideals Okay, now couple all of these things together, and some people are going, I saw some Marvel fanboys today losing their freaking minds. Why is he going to DC? Um, why wouldn't he? Marvel, your MCU has put out how many movies now? Going all the way back to Incredible Hulk and Iron Man 1. How many movies have come out since then in the MCU? How many have been 
female-led? How many have been female-centered? Zero. Okay, yeah. and now we've got DC that has Wonder Woman is done, and that's coming out soon. They have plans for a Gotham Sirens movie that's in the works, and now a Batgirl movie. If you you also have now granted the guy that was running the MCU is no law is ousted he's not in there anymore and Kevin Feige is running the whole thing so yeah. that's a step in the right direction that's great but other directors have come out and said that it's a little tricky making movies in here because they want you to do them a certain way by a certain cookie cutter kind of thing not saying yeah. that's wrong or bad or anything but look at it from Whedon's perspective that's the easiest sell in the world for WB easiest sell in the world. Hey, Joss Whedon, a guy who writes comic books or has written comic books and knows comic books ins and out, and you want to make a DC movie? And he's like, eh, why would I want to do that? Which one? Whatever. Well, what's my budget? <laughs> it's your sandbox, bro. Go for it. Creative control? You're a comic book guy. Go ahead, man. Whatever. <laughs> uh, I mean, how hard is it to sell that? Like, mm -hmm. why wouldn't he go do that? I'm sure he would love to make Captain Marvel and whatever, but it would be re-entering that thing, that cookie-cutter factory that he already has been in for two movies and complained about. I, I don't see a downside here. Uh, okay, back to what, uh, before I started this rant, I said there's only, uh, there was one concern that I had, and that has been DC's sort of, uh, creative interference in some of the projects that they've done so far. Yeah. I'm hoping that they are learning from their mistakes and they replace their head guy too. It's now Jeff Johns, yep. who is a comic book guy. Justice league will be the wonder woman comes out first, but then justice league, justice league will be the first movie produced entirely under his presidency. If you will. Uh, and I'm hoping that the reviews of BBS and is that kid down here again, think so. I'm hoping that the reviews for BVS and Suicide Squad have opened their eyes a little bit to relinquishing a little bit more control to their creative people. So that's a hope, but we don't know. If they yeah. if they still stick their fingers in to Joss Whedon's thing, it could still get all, it could still be mucked up. So yeah. we, we but who can speak to that? We just have to wait and see. Is it a done deal like is he for sure like he's doing this or is it just this is this is probably going to happen? When it comes to big names being attached to these kinds of things, big creative names, I don't believe anything until filming has began. Yeah. And that was another thing that a buddy of mine online brought up. He said, this might just be uh, for him to get a couple of bucks for a few writing credits and a little bit of percentage on the back end with the writing credit. And then he'll say creative differences and drop out and take his money and go. Entirely plausible. But it seems like they're... With the story that I read, it was like they're 95% of the way to deal. But that's, that still doesn't... That's awesome. It, that's great. It's great, but it still doesn't mean anything. He could drop out at any time. They uh, Freaking directors drop out a week before filming begins. I know. So that could totally happen, and it wouldn't surprise me at all. I Again, yeah. I don't believe it until they start filming. Once they start filming, it seems like everybody kind of stays in. Yeah. Um. So... Yeah, we just kind of have to wait and see on that. I think it's great news for all parties involved, and uh, go for it. I'd, I'd love to see it. I'd, that bring This is what DC needs. Bring more comic book people into the fold of this stuff. They create this content. Why do they not have more of a voice at the beginning stages? Make it work. It's yeah. the easiest. 
it's it's dumb. They comic books are basically storyboards of movies. Just do that. Why is do it that. so hard? Agreed. Yep. <laughs> Everybody's like, yeah. no, we got to change it up and uh, yeah. put more guns yeah. on the Batmobile. <laughs> <laughs> well, to go along with that, uh, what do you think of? What are your thoughts on the announcement that? Robert Rodriguez might be directing the uh, remake, reboot, whatever you will, of uh, John Carpenter's Escape from New York. I saw that, and unfortunately, Robert Rodriguez is squarely in the same camp as Spielberg and Guillermo del Toro. And that is, they have 57 irons in the fire. I'll believe it when it starts filming. Yeah. Because they, they, they get announced for projects every month, it seems. That, yeah, I mean, especially Del Toro. Del Toro is announced for everything it seemed, and yep. it's like nah. that would be kind of cool, though. I, I I wonder what type of film he would bring to the table. Uh, you know, how would he make things different? Uh, there, there a while ago, I thought that uh, Gerard Butler they they were going to do Escape from New York, and Gerard Butler was going to be Snake Plissken. He was attached. Yeah, he was attached for a while, and I think if anybody yeah. could do that '80s property some justice it would probably be rodriguez no. i could see that yeah go for it yeah my only I, my biggest concern with that is that they make it a pg-13 affair i know make that thing r get gerard butler and go ape shit i mean just yeah. go nuts because that's yeah, the I like only way you're butler. gonna win anybody over from that are fans of that movie agreed that would rule a hard r movie directed by rodriguez and go back to the old school from dust to dawn type Days and have Gerard Butler just whip an ass, or, or whoever directed the uh, uh, <laughs> the White House in London movies. Olympus has fallen, London has fallen. Get that guy to oh, do it yes. with Gerard Butler. Oh yeah, <laughs> or at least yes. bring that kind of mentality to it. We'll yeah. see. I think that he's neck deep. Rodriguez is neck deep develop or uh, directing uh, James Cameron's Battle Alita. That, that anime adaption? That was the last I oh. heard on Rodriguez. But what's okay. he done lately? I know. Uh, the last thing he did was at Sin City 2, which tanked. Yeah. Not without justice, either. <sighs> anyway, <laughs> you want to go a step further in uh, casting-ish news? Supposedly, whoever is still, for whatever reason, trying to remake Akira, they're looking at uh, the guy that did Get Out. Jordan Peele, they're like, "Ooh, you want to really? you want to do Akira?" And I, I think he said, "Oh, I just want to make my smaller independent films or my yeah. more personal films." And then one of my buddies, again, this didn't come from me. One of my buddies said, "Yeah," until they offer him twenty million dollars to direct it. And I said, "Yeah," and quote, "I took another look at Akira, the material, and I really fell in love with the world of Akira because <laughs> yeah. well, if I do this movie, then I can." Yeah. <laughs> Man, I still, that Get Out movie was cool. I really liked that movie. Mm. And for as few movies as I see in the theater anymore, watching that one in the theater, even with obnoxious people around me, that was, that was a good time in the theater. I liked that movie a lot. Well, I might try and hit it when, it, if it get if it comes to the dollar theater. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Good deal. That was a nice little, what's going on right now in Hollywood. Yeah. I guess the final word on that is, as I've said before, I, I don't believe anything until they're filming. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Way too much 
last minute dropouts and change of cast and change of players and uh, th- but that's that's not entirely unusual and i don't really hold it against those people that's fine if you don't feel like uh, cr- you know the creative differences comes in go fine be done i i would rather yeah. not have my name attached to a piece of shit than you know be developing yeah. something that you're not in love with i mean it takes so long to make these freaking movies yeah Unless you're trauma, well, no, no, it it takes long for trauma too. Not really. You guys got a case of beer and you want to hang out in the woods and go camping for a weekend? I I, <laughs> I got a title. It's a nymphoid barbarian and dinosaur hell. Is there a lot of gore and nudity? No, but there's still the title. Okay, sold. Yeah, I'm in. Do I have to get? Do I have to get nude? No. No. Well, one scene, but you know, I brought mushrooms, so it'll be okay. Yeah. How much is the budget? Well, $600, but... I you get said a... I had beer, asshole. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Let's move on to Recently Watched. And I know it's my turn, but I only have two things to talk about, so I'm going to let you go first. And do a, okay. do a double header, because we got half an hour yet. We got a little bit of time. Okay. So I want to wrap up the, uh, the Critters movies, because I reviewed the first three... Okay. Fantastic. Four, four will not take, part four will not take long. Uh, and part four has, uh, Angela Bassett in it and, uh, Brad Dorff. We know who they are. Oh, right? yes. Yes. Yeah, they okay. Are prime, primes, <laughs> prime real estate for the game that we were playing on the rabbit trail. Yes. Um, so, uh, Critters four, I gave, let me just find my review here. A half, of, uh, one half of a star. And that half star goes to Angela Bassett's ass crack. <laughs> and literally, that, and maybe, maybe a slight extra smidge to, uh, Brad Dorff chewing gum. Like how he chew, he has a certain way of chewing gum. I'm like, okay, there you go. There's a half star. I, I hated that movie. Moving on. Oh, no, Blue. Um, Huh? Own it on Blu-ray. <laughs> no, it's not available on Blu-ray yet. Oh, how did you? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought you said you bought a, a four-pack with the whole thing. The DVDs. Oh, they're just DVDs. like for five bucks. Yeah, for yeah, it's dirt cheap. And, and even that, uh, I mean, it, it was I, five. You know, I would say it is worth that for the first couple. That, it is for the first two, definitely, because especially the second one. I'm not going to get back into that, but the second one was a that was a cool that was a cool flick. Yeah. Um, okay. So here's another four pack. This time on Blu-ray, uh, and that would. And I'm not going to review them all. I watched them all, but go for I'll it. We got the, time. Okay, uh, the Wishmaster series. Oh, oh yeah, we got to talk about this. Yes, <laughs> yes. What is your wish? <laughs> uh, uh, um, oh, don't say that. There's... Oh no no no! Oh, it starts out strong, and then things go wrong. I, uh, <laughs> I just hearkening back to my reviews. I. I I could be wrong, but I, I feel like I said I compared it to Hellraiser a lot, and that the first one is the best, the second one is good, and it's all downhill from there. Yeah, yeah. The first one, I'll tell you what. The first one, it made in the '90s, but still very much has an '80s feel to it. I think because of all of the practical effects and all of the uh, horror names attached to that movie, like every other scene, you're like, oh, there's Robert Englund. Oh, there's. Kane Hodder. Oh, there's Tony Todd. What? Oh, there's, there, I don't yeah. remember this. Yes, there's a ton of like horror actor or people that are in horror movies. Ted Raimi, Sam Raimi's brother, it gets 
obliterated in the very beginning by this huge crate that falls on him, and he he gets Angus Scrim is a, a narrator in the movie. Uh, That's great. It's, it's yeah, it's awesome. Um, and the director is Robert Kurtzman, who is uh, an Ohio no resident doubt. here. That's great. Yeah, so it's it's really cool. And of course, we have uh, the uh, the Jin, the genie guy, is um, Andrew Divoff, who uh, is a B movie name. And yes, I, every time I see him, Wishmaster. Wishmaster. He, it's interesting. His uh, filmography. He was in Hunt for Red October, mm-hmm. Air Force One, Indiana Jones, and the last and the. Oh wait a minute. Is that Crystal? Oh shit. He was in Crystal Skull. Oh poor. Guy. Oh, he was Monkey Number Three on the left. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. There you go. <laughs> oh, but no. The first one is great. The first one was a blast. Um, second one. Now I want. Here's the order I watched these in. Part three, then part one, then part four, then part two. What and why? What is because I'm aware. Why? What is why? I, because I, well, it was all in the timing. I'm like, well, the the best ones are going to be saved for the evening when I'm drinking, and the ones that I'm gotcha guessing, like office background are, while I'm working. Yes, yes, which would be three and four. Yeah. Um, part two still has the feel of part one, but uh, some great special effects. But here's what's weird about part two is. And this is the one he, we still have Andrew Divoff as the Jen in it, uh, but it starts with a, a jewel heist that goes to a prison that goes to um, Russian mob stuff that goes to a casino. It is all over the place, and because of that, it feel it feels so long. It that movie feels like. Two and a half hours, and it shouldn't feel like two and a half hours. This is a movie about a killer genie. Uh, now, interestingly enough, watching these older movies, you see actors in it that you're like, what are you doing in this movie, uh, Mr. Now I'm looking through the credits here because, uh, t- uh, what's his name? Um, oh, he's a kind of a big actor now. Um, shit. I'm, I'm not sure you mean. He's a black guy. Um, oh man, I, I. Well, if nothing else, I, I think that we can all. Well, at least you and I can agree from, from the movies that we have watched, especially on roulette and otherwise. This is the best film series, even part four, to feature a Dijin. Dijin, yes. <laughs> because the other ones we've watched. Total garbage. Yes, including the Toby Hooper one that was oh, you bastard. Uh, Bokeem Wood at Woodbine. Oh, oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah. So then, part three. It's interesting how after part two, then part three feels that, very, very, very different. I'm than really stuck on this two. game now. If you say Bokeem Woodbine, what is the first movie that you think of? Uh, the first movie I think of is a movie that you and I saw in the theater together. Well, the first one I think of is the one with uh, uh, the the clone movie. He's chasing them around the clone. Uh, uh, Ewan McGregor's in it. What? Oh, oh, the the island. Yes, the island. That's that's the first thing I think. Oh, of. Oh no! I think For of me, him. the first one I think of is. I swear to God, we saw this in the theater together. The uh, the one with Mark Wahlberg and. Um, oh, oh, wow. The big hit. Er- 
Oh, that movie. Oh, early Wahlberg. That's early. I, I still don't hate that movie. I know it's a piece of shit, but yeah. there's some weird charm in that movie that I'm still like, alright. He was in that. Wow, I didn't, was he didn't in, even. I, now I have to go verify. Oh, oh sorry. Carry on with your Wishmaster reviews. I, I'm interrupting. Okay. Okay, Wishmaster 3, uh, from there, it's a drastic, drastic change in tone. Now it feels like a daytime soap opera. Seriously, I, I, it feels like I'm watching a daytime soap opera with uh, TNA and uh, gore and really bad everything else. It was part three. Um, and then part four, by the way, part three features a scene with... Uh, uh, a sword is involved now, and um, shit, I watched it a couple days ago, and I actually have to go back and look at the synopsis to see like what exactly was this thing about again. Uh, and part four was awful. Part four was atrocious. Like I hated part four. That's the wheelchair guy that mopes around in the whole movie, and he's emo-y. or not emo-y. He's not emo-y, actually. Um, emo people are cooler. He's awful. <laughs> I was right. Oh, I was right. He's in the big hit. Uh, I, big I, hit. I don't even remember part four, but I just remember that I did review all of this series at some point on this show because if you know me, once I start a horror series, I got to watch every damn yep. one of them so I can get that review file in my folder and never yep. have to watch the shit again. Oh, I watched them all. And... I, I still have a... I, I don't know if it's a double DVD or a, just a flip side DVD from Artisan releasing yeah. of Wishmaster one and two, and I yeah, those are the, they yeah. they hold that first one holds up. I still like that yes, movie it does. as far as a nineties horror. Yep, which are you know relatively tough to come by, but that one as far as being good and being extremely nineties, and the first yeah. one definitely plays to that. Yeah, and and even part two, it has enough practical effects in it that it does work. It's it's way too long, but three and four are just I, three is good bad, and four is bad bad. It four is trash. So there you go. I'm done. I've <laughs> oh, you're good. spent way too much no, time no, on no. The Wishmaster. I spent way too much time on Wishmaster, so I, I'm very interested to hear your thoughts after not watching it since like the theater, right? Yeah, I have literally. I have not seen. I watched part one in the theater, and then part two I watched with a buddy of mine. Uh, and I'm like, this can't be good. And then we watched it, and I'm like, oh, okay, that was that was entertaining. Rewatching it, it again, it has its issues, but it's it's watchable. And then three and four, I've never seen until this last couple of days, and I'm like, oh wow, wow, yeah, that's cool. Because as I recall, when I was. Uh Damn it! I swear I've said that like ten times this episode. As I recall, when I was <laughs> when I was reviewing the Wishmaster series, I even brought it up, and you're like, Ugh, and I was like, no, the first one's good. I, I and I still stand by that. I think that is a decent '90s horror. It is. If yeah. nothing else, it's got that Event Horizon extreme gore going on in a couple of scenes here and there. Oh yeah, like, the end of part one is nuts. Where it's just there's a a party, and just everybody is getting. Intestines getting flung oh, yes. all over the place. Yes, I was I was impressed. I like the fact that uh, a special effects guy directed that movie, Robert Kurtzman, mm. and it shows like he very much like let's put as many effects in this movie as we can. And it that was for a '90s, like you said, for a '90s horror movie where late '90s, early 2000s were slim pickings for more gory horror. This worked. Yep, I agree. So, 
Okay, I'm going to do a double header, and I'm going to be done, and then that'll give you enough time to do one more round, and we'll wrap okay. things up. I teased these last episode, and barely got them watched in time, probably not in time, probably going to get a fine from the library, but that's okay, because it's just how it goes. The Nice Guys. Hmm. Another, this is 2016, right? Yes. This is one of those movies that's very difficult for me to review, because... There's just not a lot to say about it. It's a good movie. I quite enjoyed it. it I will own it on Blu-ray, probably. And it's another fine uh, film from that director. What's his name? I... Oh, the Predator guy, right? Yeah, the Predator guy. Even though he's not the Predator guy. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I... He's directing the new Predator movie. I just when I think of him, I think of his huge glasses that he wore in Predator. <laughs> I'm looking up his name now. He did Iron Man three as well. And I hate saying that he's having a, a res- Shane Black. I hate saying that, that he's having a resurgence in Hollywood because it's like, why did he ever go away in the first place? He's a great writer. He did, he wrote the Lethal Weapon movies, or at least the first couple. Yeah. His credits are astounding. I I really like the guy. I, I really need to revisit Kiss Kiss Bang Bang because you really liked that movie. I watched it once and I just it was okay, uh, but I should give that one another watch. Oh, I loved that movie, and I this one yeah. isn't quite that good, but it's close. This is a very good movie, very interesting watch, very good story. I just don't have much else to say about it. Go watch the damn thing. I, if I say anything else about it, I got to sit here and explain the entire movie. And that's yeah. just boring for all everyone involved. But the one I really want to talk about is Midnight Special from... Oh, I might screw up his first name. Jeff Nichols? It's a Nichols. Yeah. Okay. Yes. He did Mud and all those movies. Um, oh, yeah. And the, uh, the shelter on. movie with... And all those movies. What the fuck? Because Mud, 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6. <laughs> what the fuck am I even talking about? Oh, that's great. Okay. <laughs> Whoa. Let me rephrase. He's done Mud and several other movies that I am really looking forward to watching. I just haven't got around to watching. I don't I don't know yeah. if I've seen any of his other movies. But Is The Shelter one with Michael Shannon? Yeah, I, have I haven't seen it. Uh, yep. Steven has reviewed a few, too, that big high praise. I just haven't got around to watching any of his movies. This might be my first Mike... Is it Mike Nichols or Jeff Nichols? Son of a bitch. Can't even... <laughs> now I gotta look. It's the episode where we use IMDb. Hang on, everybody. Jeff Nichols. I was right the first time. Jeff Nichols. Okay. So, anyway. This is a science fiction film. And I'm looking at his filmography to see if there's anything else I've seen by him. Directed seven films. Take Shelter, Mud, Midnight Special. Nope. I have seen nothing from him. This is the first one. Wow. And it seems to me like you haven't seen this and... No. Steven hasn't seen this, so therefore we all have our individual films that we love Jeff Nichols for. You, Mud, him. Yep. uh, Take Shelter and me. Yep. Midnight Special. And... 
Wow. I sure hope his other films are like this one, because damn, this was a great film. This easily sneaks into my top 10 of 2016, and I would give this movie a 9 out of 10 pretty easy right off the bat. No kidding. Wow. Loved it, loved it, and I would be shocked if you didn't love it as well. It... (laughs) How do I describe this? Uh... It has that writing style where they are talking about things, but they're not talking about things. So you kind of have to piece it together on your own along the way. They give you just enough clues that you aren't lost, but you're waiting to see what is really going on and what is really happening. And by the end, you get it, but at the same time, what? What is going What? What's going on? Is it this or is it this or is it this? And everybody has their own theory, and we can all come together and talk about the film that we just watched. And we all understood it, but we all have a different theory about it. Because the writing is not spoon-feeding, it is giving you just enough that everybody is involved. And it is Mm. perfect writing. That is the writing I like. I hate spoon-fed writing. A couple of people, a couple of characters in the movie have different ideas about what is going on, and... Everybody has just kind of has to guess, but you're never really lost. It, you, do you understand what I'm talking about? It's yeah, so I hard do. to describe this style of of writing and filmmaking. Is this similar to the box? Uh, like that? Like the box is is harder to piece it together. This is not as hard. Let me describe the first like 15 minutes of this movie, and I'm just going to okay. leave it at that because. After the first 15 minutes, I was like, Eugene has got to see this. I just hope, okay. I just hope that it pays off. And I watched the whole thing. It pays off just fine. I don't want to stop me from comparing it to other movies because otherwise I'm gonna, it's going to give too much away. Okay. Uh, the first 15 minutes of the movie starts off with, uh, Michael Shannon in a hotel room with, damn it, what's his name? Uh, it's another big name that, it, we could play uh, the frickin' rabbit trail game all night with this guy. I know that Adam Driver is in this movie. Adam Driver is in this movie, and he's fantastic, but it's not him. Joel Edgerton? It's Joel Edgerton. Okay. So it's Michael Shannon, Joel Edgerton. They're in a hotel room with this kid, and they're like, okay, the sun is setting. It's now nighttime. We gotta go. Tear cardboard off the window, put on your goggles so that you can hide as much light from your eyes as possible, kid, and... Off we go. As we're walking out to the car, the clerk looks up at them, sees a newscast. Michael Shannon wanted, oh no, missing kid, what's happening? Calls somebody. They take off. The They hear on the radio, the cop radio they have in their car, that, oh, they were just sighted at so-and-so-and-so. Uh, hotel. Edgerton goes, hand me those glasses in the glove box and their night vision goggles. Puts them on, turns off the light in his awesome old school badass car, is driving 90 miles an hour at night with the goggles that you see in the dark, whatever the hell they're called. Cut. Go to a cult farm. A cult community. Uh, Okay. Invaded by FBI guys. And they're going, where is this boy? And they're going, hmm? They're not here. Are you interested yet? Oh, yes. Oh, you had me at uh, Cult Farm. Cult Farm sold. Yeah, I know I did. That's literally like the first ten minutes of this movie that I just told you. 
I don't want to tell you anything else about the movie. I don't. I don't want to give it. I don't want you to know anything else. I don't want to give anything else away. Just know that by the time it was all said and done, I can't tell you anything about this movie. Yeah. It's just sci-fi awesomeness. So sci-fi. And my perceptions of what was happening, <sighs> vague talk, vague talk, changed along the way. Like, mm-hmm. oh, can't say that. Uh, just watch this damn thing and we're going to come yeah. back and discuss it at a yeah, later definitely. date. This is one of those movies like, you can watch this movie with the wife. You're good. Uh, yep. Logan, I'm going to discuss that spoiler cast with you. <laughs> yep. But this is one of those that falls into that Logan kind of territory. I don't want to say anything about this movie. It was fantastic. I am actually surprised that you have not seen uh, Mud. I thought that you watched Mud then. Mud is a great movie. Here's the issue. It was on Netflix, and I was like, ooh, I gotta watch that. And then my buddy gave me the voodoo code, so it popped up, so I have it, I own it. So now I can watch it anytime, so it gets backburned. You know how it is. When it's on Netflix, I gotta watch it, because it might be gone. But if it's on my voodoo, I can watch it forever. Yeah. So I just haven't got around to it, but... A great movie. And if you do want to watch the, uh, the, uh, the Shelter movie. I have that on Blu-ray. I bought that on Blu-ray. That looks just... Uh, between that and Mud, they both look depressing. Whereas this one has a sci-fi tilt, so I'm in. Yeah. Mud um, was better than... Uh, the Shelter one was depressing. I, that was a fantastically made movie and well acted. But it's it was depressing enough where I'm like, I don't know how often I can revisit that one. So At any rate. Uh, yeah. Nice Guys Midnight Special... Good chance both of those, both of them would, would get into my top 10 in 2016. Uh, they were great. Absolutely great. But Midnight Special, I would give the edge as being really unique, whereas Nice Guys is kind of a, a cop thriller. We've seen, it's nothing you haven't really seen before, but it's just better done than most of it. Whereas Midnight yeah. Special, that was truly a unique vision, and you would like that movie. Cool. If you, if you came well, back from Midnight that. Special and said, I didn't like it. I I would be, that would blow my mind. Anyway, over to you. One more round. We're going to wrap this shit up. Okay. Um, I teased last episode that I was going to talk about Vampire's Night Orgy. So let's just get that one done. (laughs) Oh, yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Um, Directed by Leon Klimovsky. So there's that. Um, Secondly, Code Red put this out on Blu-ray, so it, it looks well. It looks okay. Um, Ooh, that's a bit of a burn there. No, well, it's it. Code Red, uh, Bill from Bill. Code Red, yeah, Bill, Code Red, Bill. He has this way of releasing his movies, <laughs> which his movies are all expensive, but he has this way of. Making us collectors need his movies. Like, oh, I have to own that. Even though I can watch it for free or whatever. But something about this movie, I'm like, that title's great. The cover's great. Um, and it's a an anamorphic widescreen print. And then you pop it in and you're like, this is like taken off of a 35 millimeter film print. Like, it's scratchy as hell. It's in high definition. But I'm like, this is not remastered. This is a scratchy old 35 millimeter print put onto Blu-ray, but I don't think I would want to have it any other way with this type of movie. It, it, it was so, it made it all the better watching this, that type of a film print. So the movie itself is complete, um, 
Yeah, the title's misleading. Uh, vampires, there's a couple. And the orgy, there's none. And, um, it, the dubbing, there's a, there, it, the dubbing, it, it there's a lot. Get, it doesn't get dark at all. No night. No, no, it, 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 uh, it, basically this small town in the middle of Spain, I think maybe, or Italy, something, something like that. Um, there's this town of vampires that, uh, keep hacking off various body parts of the people that live there to feed themselves. And a bus breaks down and, Slowly but surely, they, they, the bus people get killed off, and there's a couple of tit shots and roll the credits. And I'm like, yeah, that's pretty good. Oh, pretty good. <laughs> that sounded like an all out negative to me. And I was feeling very karmically justified about a, a non nymphoid barbarian and dinosaur <laughs> something. Well, this, this has the uh, benefit of being like the early 70s. It's, it's a hammer movie, but cheesier. And a little bit more risque with the, like, you'd have to see it, but it's just the music, the, the music is like elevator music. And then you're watching like guys looking through peep poles at girls undressing with this really bad elevator music. I'm like, what? And then, and oh, now you're hacking off some dude's leg because you want to feed everybody in the bar. And oh yeah, it was, it was pretty good. <laughs> Again, it seems like you're dogging it like crazy, and then you're like, yeah, thumbs up. Yeah, I know, it's it's just a random, weird, very, very weird movie, where it, it almost felt like no one really had a true vision on what the movie's supposed to be, but we've got this town, and let's just put some fake vampire teeth in some people and undress. Roll credits. I'm not trying Done. to bust your balls, but this just... Reeks of I spent too much money on a specialized <laughs> Blu-ray, and I'm trying to oh. justify its uniqueness yeah. for being rare. Yeah. Oh, and the, and the the specialized Blu-ray, it's it's yeah theatrical trailer. It's Ooh. Code Code Red Bill does not go all out on his Blu-rays. It's it's um here you go twenty five dollars please. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't fault him if it's working. So. It's working. Oh, oh, it's funny because like he has a fan base, uh, and it's I. Part of it is I think uh, a lot of these movies I don't think would see the light of day if it would not be for a company like this. He releases these the weirdest stuff that you have never heard of before. And I know you just tell me the titles and their show ending. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So anyway, okay, that's a uh, vampires night orgy or lack thereof orgy. Um, <laughs> Go ahead. Okay, uh, here's another one. This is from Vinegar Syndrome, and uh, the movie is called Witch Trap. And this is one I'm not sure if you would recognize the cover if you would see it, but it's one that back when I worked at the uh, little video store back in the day on VHS, uh, this was there, and it would go off the shelves all the time. And I always wanted to see it, but I never did. Hence the reason that when I saw Vinegar Syndrome was releasing it, I'm like, ooh, nice. And the director is uh, Kevin Tenney. He directed uh, Night of the Demons, great 80s movie, and Witchboard. Have you seen Witchboard? I haven't seen it, but it sounds familiar like one of those movies I would see in Bob's back room. And same with, yes, Wh- same it, with it Witch was. Trap. I feel like, I think I'm I know sure what did. that cover looked like. It was a pentagram and some blue lightning or something. Oh, but... probably, yeah. It, they have alternative cover, uh, alternative cover art for this thing, but, um, it was a staple of the late 80s, early 90s VHS rental days. Well, 
Kevin Tenney, I watched all the special features on this movie. Um, and he kind of had a little bit of fame there with Night of the Demons as, you know, us in the horror crowd. We, we know Night of the Demons and Witchboard. That's about the Ouija board, or whatever. Uh, but this, uh, Witch Trap movie, he financed, I guess, or this was completely privately financed. So the budgets on, especially like Night of the Demons, was a lot bigger than this. And immediately watching this thing, I'm like, what in the hell is going on? Like, this is not the same director. This is bad. Um, having said that, I watched the whole thing, <laughs> of course. Because yeah. I'm like, everything... Like, and this was made after his other movies. I'm like, what's going on? Like, this guy seemed to be like kind of an up-and-coming horror director. Like, this is cheap. Fun and gory, but cheap. And then I watched the special features, and then that's what makes these these Blu-rays so great, is when you find out the actual backstory on these movies. And he's like, look, I this was privately financed, and I had like a third of the budget. I had you know several hundred thousand dollars to make this movie, and here's how we did it. And it was like pulling strings and going to a town and trying to get a house for free to shoot this thing. And it's basically, it's about this haunted house that these ghost investigators go to and they start getting killed off. The, the end. I mean, there you go. It's the simplest. Um, I just pull this up here because uh, I want to. So Linnea Quigley is in this. She's the yeah. topless. Yeah. She, Return of the Living Dead, Sunlight, Deadly Night. Um, so here's what's interesting. The whole way through, I'm like, why is this movie dubbed? This movie sounds awful. Like, it sounds mystery science theater bad to where this is an American movie and I'm listening to people like it doesn't seem right. Something's not right. And then you watch the special features and Kevin Tenney explains what happened. He's like, by the way, the, the, I think it was a lady, doesn't matter, but the, the, the person that we had, um, doing the sound on this thing, recorded it wrong. There was a hiss through the whole thing. Oh, we wow. had to That's, that sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah, we had to we had to drop all the audio and redub everything. And he, he said, "So that's why it sounds and looks weird because it seems like everybody's overacting and it's like what well, everything was it was an Italian movie. Everything was pretty much dubbed after the fact." And he's like, "It was great for selling in foreign markets because they didn't give they a shit. Just, it was the they same. They didn't give a shit. They could just drop it out and put in their own language. But he's like, here, it's just, it sounds so, you can just, as soon as you start, as soon as the movie starts, you're like, okay, what's wrong? Something's wrong with this. But it's great. And here's the other cool part. I'm blabbing here. No, but, you're fine. Go ahead. I'm, I'm, um, I'm, in, I'm interested. This is really cool is the version that Vinegar Syndrome released is, uh, director Kevin Tenney's own personal 35 millimeter, the only one in existence, the 35 millimeter print of the unedited version of this movie. It was cut relatively heavy by the MPAA to get an R rating. And he was the, the director was the only person that had one unedited copy on film that he let Vinegar Syndrome remaster and put onto Blu ray. I think that is so cool. It is, Even but though the does it still have the hiss? Or is it no, just- no, no. It's, it's the redub thing. Okay. It's, it's yeah, it's redubbed or whatever. So it's got that awful dub, but it almost by the end, I'm like, you know, it's so bad. And the movie itself is it's it is what it is. But I'm like, it kind of adds to the charm of this ridiculous thing. And the special effects are quite good. Like it's gory, uh, but it was the special features made 
if I would if I would have not watched the special features, this would have been pretty bad. Having watched the special features, I'm like, you know, this elevate like it just seemed like everything kind of just they they really tried and they got this movie in the can and this is what it is and it kind of works for what it is and it's anyway I thought that was really cool no that is I'm cool gonna... I wish that they would have the my god this fucking chair yeah will not stop tonight <laughs> I couldn't get it when I want it now I uh, I wish the the hiss version was out there and they could just like remaster that track just take I know the hiss out of it because I Cause I take all of the chair squeaks out of this fucking show yeah. every week. I'm I'm actually surprised that they didn't try to because it would have improved the movie. Like there's something there, but the dubbing is bad enough to where it's like it takes you out of the movie. Whereas if it would have been the original, you could you can just tell. I could tell immediately. I'm like this sounds like I'm watching an Italian movie. Like it's an Italian Lucio Fulci movie where all everything was done post production. So, um, anyway, but it was a really unique experience watching that movie and then finding out the backstory on it and, and all that stuff. And I do like that director and it's, he's kind of one of those guys that I, everything I've watched from him, I like, he's not an A-list director by any stretch of the imagination, but, uh, it was cool hearing about this. And it's one that I used to rent out. I would rent this thing out so often at that video store and I finally got to watch it and yes your chair I can't I can't move I mean I can't move it's it's just two 60 year olds are just screwing their brains out over at your house (laughs) there you go yeah and that's it I'm done oh my god I I couldn't get it to go oh now it's just it's just yeah, I'm on a WD forty. The shit, I, I can't even say that because it's I'm I'm too busy getting squeaked out. Yeah, it, it's, it's hold on. Yeah, let me just stand up. Are you ready? Because we're done. I'm gonna WD forty the shit out of this chair. <laughs> See you next week. <laughs> See ya. My wife just came in and said, "What is with the squeaking?" <laughs> Thanks for listening. 